Welcome to You Wear It Well. Hi, I'm your host, Jeff Heiserman, physical therapist and founder and CEO of Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services. We're at the intersection of fashion and technology, otherwise known as wearables. We look at the people, products, and research that make up this exciting world of wearables. Are you a fashion designer, electrical engineer, or someone with the dream of designing a wearable? Apply for membership to my LinkedIn group page, Biotech Fashion, and join in the discussion. Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services provides a broad array of design and engineering professionals for your wearable project. We feature the following design specialties, pattern making, digital textile, athletic wear, sensor, fashion, exoskeleton, robotics, and mechatronics. We also offer beta testing of your wearable in our private clinic. You choose the demographics and sample size, send us the sample, and we take care of the rest. For more information, go to www.spectrumergonomics.com for more information. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to another podcast, and I have a very special guest on today, and it's Dr. Wun Hong Yao, and he is at Georgia Tech University, and I'm inviting him back because he's got some more innovation and invention, which I call innovation. So, Hong, it's your show. Hello. Hello. Nice to meeting you again, and thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's my great pleasure to share something that I'm doing at Georgia Tech. Um, yeah, recently uh, I'm working on new wearable biosensors and bioelectronics, and I did um, publish new articles uh, regarding our uh, new research uh, products and also data. So I, I'm very excited to share something that, that I have uh, recently. All right. Now, I know when we had you on the um, the last time, it was a very interesting uh, sensor for uh, basically EKG or ECG, whichever one of those you want to call it for, and which I thought was really fascinating. And I think it's it's it was it was it was driven from a personal story from from uh, actually a, a family, uh, which which I find more inspiring mm -hmm. myself being in the medical field. And so I, I thought it was also very relevant to to get that kind of information out because I think that's with wearables it's going to be very important that people know what's coming down the line and to feel comfortable with that because uh, they may have a heart condition where their doctor may may have them put one of these sensors on and they get an idea that these sensors work very well and they're very accurate and they're going to be able right. to help me and I think that's a sense of comfort for people. So what do you have new new for the world this time? Yeah, there are a couple of good new outcomes. I believe maybe I can start with this new sensor system that I developed that can measure stress levels. 
Um, that's one of our new research outcomes where we can use a single device platform wearable patch like a Band-Aid. You can think of Band-Aid, but that has multiple functions and embedded electronics. So you could basically put a Band-Aid on your, your skin and typically we use inner wrist area. Uh, by putting on that uh, device, we can measure real-time continuous stress levels. And you can use any you know, tablet or smartphone to have real-time recording and also displaying. And also we can get the information uh, when the, and, and also alerting sound as well, when um, your stress levels are hitting the threshold that you set. Now, is this is this something that's also uh, sent from your tablet or your phone to a Bluetooth uh, into a cloud where your physician could could monitor that as well? Exactly. So um, we have two, or you know, basically there are multiple options that we can choose. But at the moment, we can use um, Bluetooth-based wireless transmission in a way that uh, we can use single device. Uh, external device to record multiple data from multiple devices so that, um, you know, if you think about a uh, clinical environment, there's a doctor or somebody, a clinician who want to look at patients' conditions, then they just need a centralized device that can connect, wirelessly connect multiple sensors. Uh, Again, you know, from my prior talk, we discussed about ECG wearable heart monitoring sensor. And now this device can measure stress levels and other things as well. Now, when you talk about stress levels, what particular biometrics are you referring to? Uh, here we are measuring uh, electrodermal activities. In other words, people call it as galvanic skin response. So basically, uh, this device is measuring uh, changes of skin conductance levels, which is directly related to um, uh, emotional arousal, which is activating sweat glands. So once you have that arousal, then the activated sweat glands um, are changing uh, skin conductance, which can be measured uh, on the surface of the skin by using a pair of electrodes. Okay, so are you measuring the resistance in the skin at that at that particular moment in time? Is you you know real time, so to speak? Exactly. So resistance, uh, uh, in fact, is uh, voltage, a like conductance changes. Okay. And any particular reason why it needs to be at the wrist? Yeah, very good question. No, it doesn't need to be only uh, on the wrist. Uh, typically, I guess the gold standard is to put electrode, obviously wired, like tethered electrode over the fingers. Uh, however, uh, if you think about, you know, continuous uh, data recording, right, throughout the day or multiple days and things like that, those devices uh, mounted on, on fingers can hinder your, your activities and your emotions. So we found a way to... Uh, put this device on different locations, and we found that inner wrist works very well, uh, which has a really good contact to uh, 
to the skin and, and it's not going to really bother your typical uh, daily life. So uh, that's why we chose inner wrist. But it can be mounted on other locations and we we tested other locations, including uh, back of the shoulder um, or, uh, and the chest area, external and a few different places as well. Okay. Yeah, the wrist is very convenient when you stop and think about it. Like you said, it's easy to apply. Um, it can even be covered up by a, a wristwatch band. If people don't want to show that they have something on their wrist, um, they can easily cover it up with their watch or long sleeve shirt or sweater, uh, gloves. Uh, if they, some people are very sensitive about those things. Some people don't mind showing that they have a medical device on. Uh, that, that, so I guess it just depends on the, the individual. Yeah. When you talk you, about. You, yeah, that's that's very very good point because I can I can tell you every single detail right now. But recently we got funding from um, a company where they want to integrate our uh, stress monitors uh, with the conventional uh, watch so that it can be completely hidden, as you mentioned, but it can measure the stress levels in real time yeah. and continuously. That's the beauty of these wearables of the sensors. Is again. They can be basically invisible. Well, it looks like an ordinary watch, and a fit, and 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 not not to say anything bad about Apple or any or any of the other <laughs> Fitbit type watches, but you know what they are. I mean, when you see them, you know what they are. So, um, but most people are using them as their computer, as their phone, right. to measure their heart rate. I have some patients that will turn theirs on and be kind of playful with it while they're doing their exercises, but then get frustrated because, well. It's, it's telling me I've done too much exercise. Like, ignore your watch, listen to your therapist, okay? So yeah. Um, yeah, there, there are limitations <laughs> to those. But I think right. the sensors that are coming out, like in the case of what the sensors you're putting out at Georgia Tech are very, very sensitive. They're very accurate. So I think we're, people are going to have to get in that mindset now that when they do move to these kind of watches that may have your sensor in it in five years, two years, three years, whenever, that it's going to be very mm -hmm. sensitive. And um, it's not going to be so much of a toy, but an actual tool to monitor your health, not only you, but your healthcare provider. So I think that's, there's going to have to be a paradigm shift in the, in the consumer uh, market. Yeah, with that too, because, uh, that's, exactly. That's what I'm envisioning as well. And I want to add one more thing to that, because as you mentioned that the, there are existing smartwatches out there, right? Apple, Samsung, uh, and others. However, the problem of the existing systems comes from um, motion artifacts, like signal data loss. So if you look at your watch, you you know, you could put a lot of pressure so that you can tighten that, you know, the wristband so that your, your watch is having good contact to the skin by pressing it, basically, which will make it really uncomfortable and it's kind of blocking your blood flow. If you don't do that, then your your watch will move on your wrist, right? Meaning that it's not going to have continuous contact between the sensor embedded in the watch and your skin, which is causing data loss uh, depending on what you're measuring. However, now when you think about the sensor that we're developing, which is like ultra thin, less than, in terms of thickness, it's less than two millimeters and it's ultra light, you know, less than five grams and everything. Then this is like, as I said, it's like a band-aid, right? So, uh, it won't cause any, any mechanical or, or any burdens to the user so that you can just stay on the skin continuously. 
right? No matter what you do. So you don't need to worry about any data loss, any sensor detachment, anything like that. That's the beauty of this. I call it as nanomembrane sensor system compared to existing systems that are based on widget uh, and like planar uh, metal-based sensors. And when you, you talked about the membrane, and so I want to find out how how is this how are the, the sensors being um, powered? What what are we looking at for powering at, at this point in time? I, I know there's other researchers out around in the country that are and the world actually they're looking at other ways of powering other than using a battery. But what do you if you can share that? Are you looking at a particular way of powering it, or do you already have a way of powering it that you can share with the audience? Yeah, as we mentioned, that there are many different researches uh, going on regarding the powering uh, devices, especially wearables. Uh, I do have multiple options to power our electronics. And as you can imagine, first of all, we are using a miniaturized battery, a coin cell, a rechargeable lithium polymer, well, which is embedded in typical smart devices. Uh, so that's the one of the ways where uh, we power our devices. Another way is to use uh, some sort of like, um, metal lines made of coils, which is similar to something that you have in uh, at your home, like the um, electric toothbrush, right? That that has a base at the bottom, and you have the toothbrush. Once you put that brush on on the base, then it's going to be charging automatically, right? Similar way, um, we have that little coil thing embedded in electronics. So there is no battery. And then whenever we need power or transfer the data, we bring external coil near to the device, then it will deliver the power whenever necessary. So that's called inductive coupling-based um, data acquisition and, and, and powering. That's another way that we are looking at right now. And lastly, we are also looking at natural power source which comes from our body. So whenever we have changes or, of our body temperature uh, or where, where there's like sweating issues and things like that, we can use that temperature changes as a source to uh, convert energy from uh, thermal to electric. Uh, it's called nano generator uh, using specific materials uh, to generate the power based on current and voltage. And then we can use that as a source to um, operate our electronics. Yeah, that's that's fantastic because if we, in taking a look at just the human body, the human body is electric. Um, it's not, you know, we don't see it streaming off of our bodies, but it's there. So um, right. it would be nice to be able to see um, science being able to harness, as however small, the um, you know the the current is it comes off of our body, but to be able to harness that um, and store it where or harness it at the time that you need it to transmit. So um, that is on the horizon as well, and that's that's a very exciting mm -hmm. uh, feature as well. Um, there's a, there's many ways to harness that, and I know there's probably just as many ways to harness it as as there are researchers. So I think that that's that's an exciting exciting development uh, coming down the line. So when we talk about stress, and you know, we're we're all under stress. Um, mm -hmm. at least, at least maybe one or two days in the week. And mm -hmm. so, um, I'm going to ask you, do, do you and, and your colleagues at Georgia tech, 
other than taking a look at the parameter or the biometric marker that you are, are there some other markers, biometric markers for stress that you're toying with as far as using sensors for, such as uh, increase in blood pressure, um, taking a look at, at those particular type of markers or increase in heart rate? Yeah, that's, um, yeah, as you mentioned that there are other metrics that you can look for, uh, which is related to stress levels. Uh, obviously we can start from heart rate. Uh, you can look at the, uh, heart activity electrocardiogram based, uh, signal changes over the course of time. So we call it as heart rate, heart rate variability, uh, blood pressure change. And, and sometimes we look at, um, brain signals as well, uh, depending on um, a person, uh, we can put those devices as well. And, we, we, and also we look at uh, respiration changes uh, as well. So there are other um, metrics, obviously, we can look at that, which are uh, measurable on the skin. But at the same time, uh, there are uh, other ways where you can put sensors underneath the skin. So... Uh, if you look at your, your skin layers, and you can slightly penetrate your skin and then you can go down to uh, a level where there are uh, interstitial fluid uh, present. So that's another biomarker source to get that uh, molecule's name cortisol. Uh, people look at the cortisol levels as well because it has a really good uh, relevance and correspondence to the changes of someone's stress levels. And obviously, if you go down further, then you can approach to that blood uh, to directly extract uh, biomarkers related to your stress levels. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point that um, it, it, we, could, we could be looking at not only wearables, but implantables that are, are powered right there at the source and mm-hmm. um, you don't have to worry about getting, you know, getting wet when you're going swimming or taking a shower. Speaking of that, taking a look at the, the sensor that you've been just describing to us, it's like a Band-Aid. How waterproof is that? Is this something that somebody could go swimming in, they can take a bath in, they can take a shower in, go out for a walk in the rain, those type of things? Yeah, my answer is yes. Uh, I think that's pretty much the same as... Uh, like smartphones are in the market right now, right? They are uh, covered by specific materials to offer that waterproof capability. And we are using similar materials to code our device, right? So there's the sensor and electronics. And then there's the um, thin film layer, which is covering the entire device like a Band-Aid. And we, we code it as um, the material that's offering their waterproof. And that's something we are already working with patients uh, here at Emory University and other uh, hospitals in the United States. And also we work with uh, two hospitals in South Korea uh, by offering this continuous data recording, uh, even when a user is taking showers and doing other things. No, that that's very helpful because I know I have patients that um, they're given, we, we give them splints or we give them braces um, and we, we're telling them, okay, I want you to wear it all the time, except do not wear it in the shower or do not go out in the rain with it or, you know, don't go by the pool because, you know, you're tempted to go swimming. And then 
but um, we're even in our our archaic field that we're in. Uh, we haven't, you know, the medical field is slowly adapting these uh, wearables and, and these things painfully slowly, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, to see that, you know, these materials are out there, it's I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is great. Patients can start wearing things. They don't have to worry about the therapist in the back of their mind. Don't get in the pool. Don't go in the shower with it. Mm-hmm. So um, to me, it's like, hallelujah. This is wonderful that this yeah. technology is here. <laughs> I agree. And where, where did the, the idea, where's the, the genesis of this particular sensor come from? That's a very good question. Um, it's coming from multiple sources. Sometimes I, when I look at something, you know, when I'm going through, when I'm going through a few different things, uh, suddenly pops up, uh, a new idea pops up, or sometimes I get those ideas from my students and my postdocs during discussions. And also, um, I have like regular meeting with clinicians at Emory, uh, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and other uh, hospitals and we uh, we discuss something and they ask me whether that's possible right? because they have they they know ongoing issues and they ask me then I can think of a new new device or new sensor based on the needs so yeah I, I guess I'm I'm learning new thing on a daily basis and and I think and those multiple activities that I'm doing are uh, all the sources. Uh, to get uh, new ideas for new devices. Well, I know I've, I've in in our um, conversations through LinkedIn, I have mentioned many a time. I, I I say, what is your next innovation? Because that's exactly what you're doing at Georgia Tech. You are you're seeking out the medical professionals like myself that say, can you do this? We could really use some because we don't have the we don't have the background. That that's not what we're about. You know, we're we're in the trenches, we're working with patients, and that's who we are. We don't have mm-hmm. the, the, the skill level and the knowledge that you and the folks at Georgia Tech and, and many places around the world have to, to take that challenge and turn it into a reality. You know, what, what we may dream about in five years, you're, you're, you're putting out there for us to start trying. And I, I think that's what I want to commend you and, and your colleagues there at Georgia Tech, because I know you've been doing a lot and it's exciting. That's why I wanted to have you back because first of all, you promised you'd come back if you developed something new back in yes, the fall. And so, and so, well, here we are now in this podcast to do this, but, and it is exciting to, to learn that what is a, a real need in the medical field is that we've got the mm-hmm. researchers, you're covering our back. You're actually bringing these forth so that it's going to help Millions of people in the long run. It's really what it's going to come down. And we know it's going to be successful. You know, we can tell researchers that we know it's going to be successful. Just get it out here. You know, it, it will be successful. Are you a startup? Wearable company? Don't know where quite to go from here? Well, you have the questions. And Spectrum Ergonomics has the answers. Go to our company website at www.spectrumergonomics.com and click on the link Wearables. There you'll find a wide variety of services and 
other contractors that we work with to help make your product become a reality. We're here to help you through the process of iteration to packaging and beyond. Hey, if you're a startup wearable company and you'd like to be able to get your information on this podcast, please contact me at my company website, www.spectrumergonomics.com. I'd love to be able to feature a little bit about what you're doing to let the world know about your wearable. Well, thanks for joining me at the intersection of fashion and technology. And may you wear it well.